Abundance of love, abundance of grace. Now to that cross, you took my place. Oh God, you paid my ransom. My ransom. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people. Now, here's Pastor Scott. In Matthew 22, 39, Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. I want to preach to you this morning from a sermon titled, Loving People is Not Optional. Pray with me. God, thank you for loving us. God, I thank you for your word. Lord, I pray that you'd strengthen my body now. And use me for your glory, God. I pray that my mouth would speak the words that would honor you. God, I pray you'd let us hear what you want us to hear today. Not just in our ears, but deep down in our spirit, God. I pray for change this morning in my life. In the life of everyone who hears this message. Lord, I pray you'd not just inform us, but transform us. God, I pray that you would teach us from your word, by your spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Loving people is not optional if you just got that deep in your spirit today you would be further along than where most people are as far as this thing we call Christianity and I really hope you'll start coming out on Wednesday nights there's no mandatory attendance in, in, in this church but loving people is mandatory and we're learning on Wednesday night some of the basics of how to be and do all that God has called us to be and do but in Matthew 22 Jesus told us to love your neighbor as yourself. I want us to look at that passage of Scripture this morning. Uh, it's a familiar passage for many Christians, but it's a passage that people gloss over and think they understand it, and sometimes uh, they do, sometimes they don't. But I want you to know that it's not just about knowing what the Scripture says. It's about applying what the Scripture says. You can know where your me medicine cabinet is, but if you don't take the medicine in there, it ain't doing you any good. You can know where your medicine cabinet is and which cabinet helps for a runny nose or which medicine helps for a runny nose and which medicine helps for a runny hose. But knowing all that information and just looking at it doesn't stop the runniness. You have to apply that to your life, and we need to learn how to apply Scripture to our life because there's too many people that know what the Bible says that aren't living it. Too many pastors know what the Bible says and aren't living it, and that's why the world's in the shape that it's in, but let's not be those people. Let's be the people that follow Jesus. Look in Matthew 22. Uh, we back up a few verses to verse 33. It says, when the crowds heard him, they were astounded at his teaching." All real teaching brings this type of response. People are astounded by Holy Ghost teaching. People are amazed by Holy Ghost teaching. People are awakened to truth by Holy Ghost teaching. I've heard people tell me, Pastor Scott, I learned more in six months of listening to your teaching at Abundant Life than I learned in six years at my previous church. That's not as much a statement about me as it is a condemnation about where you were. Because if you can sit somewhere for six years and not learn a whole lot, dude wasn't saying much. 
or he wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost, or he wasn't gifted to teach the Bible. But Jesus is filled with the Holy Ghost. Jesus is gifted to teach the Bible. So as he was teaching, the crowds were like, wow, I get it. I understand something about what he's saying. This is phenomenal. And if you can ever get to the place in your Christianity where you read something and you're like, oh, I get that. That makes sense. You're going to be astounded because it's not in the mouth of the person that is speaking the truth. It's in the volume of the truth that is being spoken. And Jesus said, I only say what my father tells me to say. And if we will learn to listen to what our heavenly father tells us to say, we're going to be astounded because our eyes are going to come open. You could be in church for 30 years and just be glossing over everything. But if it starts making sense to you, you're like, oh, man, boom, eye-opener, light bulb moment. This is what Christianity and Christian teaching is designed to do, open our eyes to spiritual truth. In verse 34, the Scripture says, But when the Pharisees heard that he had silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. Okay, so here we get these, these two groups of people. Very familiar groups of people. These are prominent religious people. These are lawyers and teachers of Scripture and recorders, scribes of Scripture. Pharisees and Sadducees. The Pharisees were what we would call today uh, religionists. People who had religion but didn't have Jesus. We call them legalists. People that thought that they could be better than someone else because they kept the rules and the regulations. Rules and regulations don't make you right with God. Loving God and loving people make you right with God. The Pharisees were good. They were, they were solid. They were, they were, I mean, they kept, they kept the law. They walked a chalk line, and they condemned everybody. Uh, I grew up in a church like that. Uh, it was us four and no more. We right y'all wrong. Uh, it, it was hair to the floor and dresses to the floor. That's not a good look. I mean, I like long hair, don't get me wrong, but, I mean, you, you, you see that crowd coming. Anybody grow up holiness? You, 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 you know, they weren't a lot of attractive women in the whole. I mean, if they were, uh, you know, because they didn't wear makeup, and they all had the same hairstyle, flat, straight hair all the way down to the ground, and I'm, I'm, I'm not bagging on that. But, listen, people say, Pascal, what, what do you believe about women wearing makeup? Y'all know if you've been around, you heard me say it before. Even old barn looked good with a little paint on it. <laughs> I people say, Pastor Scott, is it a sin for women to wear makeup? I think it's a sin for some not to. <laughs> Let's just keep it honest. But the Pharisees were that type of crowd. It's not wrong to have hair to the floor and dresses to the floor. It's not wrong to not wear makeup. It's not wrong to be very serious about your religion and to live the rules out the way the rules were laid out to be lived. But if you think you're better than somebody else because you keep the rules and they don't, then you've missed the whole thing. This is who the Pharisees were. They, they were legalistic. They, 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 they were con, con, condemning people based on their view of religion. But they were a prevalent group. Of, of, of religion, of the religious people in the first century. And then there was the other group. Not the Pharisees, but the what? Sadducees. Now, the Sadducees were a group of people that did not believe in angels and did not believe in the resurrection. 
Now, why would you even be doing Christianity without a resurrection? If you're just going to die and lay in the ground, which is what they thought, live a good life so your life can be good now, die and lay in the ground. And so many people have, have twisted the play on words, and if you've been around, you've probably heard it. The Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection. That's why, you were, that's why they were sad, you see. So these are the two prevalent religious groups of the day. These were the moneyed people, the educated people, the ones that they thought held all of the truth, and they argued between each other as to who was really the prevalent group, and they were both represented in this meeting. And when they heard, when the Pharisees heard that Jesus silenced the Sadducees with his reply, they met together to question him again. See, this is what evil religious churchy folk will do. They always want to get in your business. They want to trip you up. They want to find out how they can get over on you or how they can get up on you. And Jesus had just shut the Sadducees' argument down. They were always coming to Jesus trying to trick him, trying to trap him, trying to make him say something that didn't line up with what Moses said. And so the Pharisees were like, okay, well, he just... He, he just shut them down, man. He, 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 he roasted them, and, and they, they walked off. And now they're meeting how they can question him. So in verse 35, one of them, an expert in religious law, this Pharisee, tried to trap him with this question. Sadducees couldn't trap him, so now they're trying to trap him a different kind of way. And this is what, if you save and you stay around human beings long enough, some folk that love you are going to try to trap you. Some of your family members are going to try to trip you up. Because here's the reality. Let, check this out. When I got saved, I, I was drinking full time. Listen, I wasn't just drinking, social drinking. Uh, my sister, Dean and Scott, Dean and Scott on vacation this week. If she was here, she could testify because her trunk looked just like my trunk. You know, we started like everybody on the west side of Jacksonville started in the 70s with, you know, Boone's Farm Tickle Pink, graduated up to Strawberry Wine, graduated up Mad Dog 2020, great, because you could steal it from the Jiffy Store and slide it down the front of your pants because it was thin. How many people ever stole some Mad Dog from the Jiffy Store? Just me? Thank you. Come on now. Lord have mercy. They made that bottle to be stolen. Put that just out. Left all that. And my sister and I, only two human beings I know to this day that were living the way. And I, I'm not proud of it, but this is my testimony. We, did, we were no longer drinking beer. We were no longer drinking wine. We were no longer drinking hard liquor. We had gallon jugs of pure whole grain alcohol in our trunk. Today they call it Everclear. You can get some at, at, at it got to go to Arabone grocery store. They don't sell that in, in other uh, uh, liquor store. But that's, that's what, I was a full-blown, out-of-my-mind drunk when God saved me. So when God saved me, I stopped drinking. I can take you to a place, Jimmy knows where it is, uh, 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 Lambing. You know where Lambing Road is? I poured all my liquor out on Lambing Road when God saved me. And when people would meet me, they were like, hey, man, what you doing this weekend? And I'd tell them about Jesus. And they were like, man, we Y'all were just drinking out of your trunk a week ago. What are you talking about? You're not coming this weekend. And you know what they did? They weren't happy for my salvation. They weren't rejoicing that I was no longer poor. Have you? Please do not 
drink whole grain alcohol. It's got a warning on the bottle not to be consumed straight from the bottle. <laughs> You're not supposed to put that. They weren't happy that I wasn't poisoning my body with Everclear anymore. They were just mad because I told them, I don't believe God wants me drinking, and I don't believe God wants you drinking. Oh, well, now I'm the enemy. And last week you're drinking out of my trunk. Today you invite me to a party. But because I told you I stopped doing this and you should stop doing it too, you don't like me anymore. Why? Because you feel like I've told you something that makes me better than you. I didn't say it to make me better than you. I said it because God is making me better than I was. This is what Christianity is about. Not you telling other people what they should do. But you accepting what God has told you you should do and then sharing your testimony with other people. But as other people see you trying to stop drinks, see you stop doing whatever you were doing, they're going to be mad at you. Because the devil is telling them, oh, she thinks she's better than me now. She goes to church. I've been to church. And they get that whole anger thing going, and they're going to try to trip you up. They just want, if you live long enough as a Christian, somebody that says they love you is going to tell you, oh, I thought you were saved. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, I, I, oh, that's how a Christian lives? I already told you all. I catch it. People say, I, I thought you were supposed to be the pastor. I tell them, no, I'm not supposed to be the pastor. I am the pastor. With issues. We're all Christians with issues. But they want to trip you up, and they come to Jesus. And, and, and he says, uh, they, they come to him to trap him. With this question, so verse 36, here's the question. Teacher, which is the most important commandment in the law of Moses? They think they're going to get over on Jesus. See, I, see, church folk and non-saved folk don't know how perfect Jesus is. They don't know that Jesus is all-powerful. They don't know that Jesus is all-knowing. They think that they know more about what Moses wrote than Jesus does. Because these people were older, chronologically. They had more of the earth's educational system. Jesus didn't go to no college. Jesus didn't have a bunch of teaching, man's teaching jammed up in his head. They had all the education. They had money. Jesus didn't have money. Je Jesus told them, I don't have anything clothes on my back. I don't even have a place to lay my head down. Jesus didn't leave anything in a wheel. He, he, they took his clothes and through dice for him. That's all he had left. But they thought they were smarter than Jesus was because they studied the law of Moses. And they're like, watch this. Watch this. I'm going to bust him up right now. And this is what many people are trying to do to Christians around the world. To get you. To see you slip. To cast condemnation your way. I thank God that the scripture tells every true Christian, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. God doesn't condemn us. He accepts us. We don't have to be perfect for our Father to love us. He loves us because we're his children. They're trying to trick Jesus. They're trying to trap Jesus because they're the experts in the law of Moses. They don't realize Jesus was the one that, that took his finger and wrote those laws down on those tablets of stone himself. Jesus was the one that told Moses what to do. Jesus didn't come into existence 2,000 years ago. Jesus was with the Father from before the beginning of time. God said, let us make man in our image. Jesus and God were hanging out way before 
Bethlehem, way before the, uh, uh, that manger scene, they thought Jesus was just some 30-year-old dude they could get over on. They didn't realize who he was. If you don't get anything out of today's message at all, you, you need to figure out, do you know who Jesus is? Because if you don't know who he is, then you're missing the whole point. Church ain't just about church. Church is about exposing people to Jesus. It's about giving us a place where we can come together and love God and love each other. And these people are coming trying to trap Jesus. I want you to know that this is a safe place. This is not a place for condemnation. You, you don't have to hide what you're doing. You, I, I'm telling you, they, they make these memes, they make these little, little videos about families driving to church. And it's funny and people watch it because they know it's so true. Driving up to church, you know, man and a woman, maybe married, maybe not, two, five, 12 kids, maybe theirs, maybe not, whatever. They're riding into church. Everybody's screaming, cussing, stop, stop. That's mine, that's mine. He touched me. She touched me. Shut up. I'll kill you. And, and then they get into church. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Blessed and highly favored. Y'all bet. Y'all oh. You don't put a smile on your face right now. And then they all walk in. Glory to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm so happy I'm going to turn it over. Twist it back. And people can relate to that because they come in. Listen, when I see people pull in the parking lot and they're, because not everybody. But, you know, old, old school gangsters all ride the same way. <laughs> Left hand on the steering wheel. Right shoulder dip. When I see that right shoulder blade reach out like that, anybody know what they're doing as they turn into church parking lot? They're changing that music. 50 Cent just got knocked off for Chris Tomlin. Hallelujah. <laughs> hiding activities, hiding addiction. Hi Listen, stuff you do in the secret is going to get a light shined on it one day, God says. Deal with it now. Stop hiding with it. The Bible says people who hide their sins will never get over their sins, but people who admit them and confess them can get delivered from them. So, so, so people, people live in these fake lives, and, and, and all your friends looking for you to slip up because they're going to condemn. I'm not going to condemn you. You come in here bumping whatever you're bumping. I just know I wish you'd listen to something that would take your mind to God more. But you're not going to be condemned for your actions here because this is a safe place. We realize that all of us have a way to go. Jesus, though, is different. The, 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 the scribes called Jesus holy other because he was non-understandable. He, he was beyond expression. These people didn't understand that about Jesus. You need to understand, you are not going to trip Jesus up. There'll never be a time where somebody could tell Jesus, oh, I thought you was a Christian. <laughs> they might tell us that. They can't run that by Jesus because he's always there. He's perfect. That's why when I hear people say, well, Pastor Scott, pray for me. I've been out of church for a long time. I've been dealing with some major church hurt. The church never hurt you. People in the church hurt you. But God didn't hurt you. 
I understand. I, I, I understand what you mean when you say church hurt. I've been doing this for a long time. If you think I hadn't been stabbed in my back, if you think they didn't smile in my face when all the time they want to take my place, I know about backstabbers. I, if you think I haven't given my last to people who stole from me, took from me, claimed love for me, and then walked out on me and cussed me like a dog. See, Jesus said, marvel not when the world hates you. They hated me first. See, I understand when people say, I, I, don't, I don't even feel like going to church anymore, Pastor God, after all. I get you. I understand that. You, you saw some raggedy folk in church. You saw some people who were slipping, dipping, and tripping in church. You saw people who, who, were, who were living one way and talking another way. I get all that. I get that people have let you down. I get that people have, have used and abused and, and lied to you. But God has never wronged you. See, I really should just, just, just do, do like our former president. God has never wronged you. And, and, and be done. Because you need to understand, God has never wronged you. You, can be, you. you shouldn't be mad at people, but you definitely shouldn't have nothing wrong with the church because the church is the house of God. And it's not the bricks and the steeple, it's the people. It's the people of God. So these folks, they didn't understand who Jesus was. They didn't understand Jesus was God in the flesh. They didn't understand Jesus was on that mountain with Moses telling him what to write down. They're trying to trip him. People are going to try to trip you up. But here's what I want you to tell them. When, when somebody sees you do something that you shouldn't do, and you, you should be trying to get better, we all should be, you let them know, I'm sorry. I was wrong. Pray for me. And I'll pray for you. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Pray for me. And I'll pray for you. See, we just don't, we just don't understand because there's not enough church mothers left in America. There's not enough church mothers teaching people the truth in America. All people are getting this from the pulpit. They, they don't have church mothers reminding them of, of great church sayings like, you can talk about me just as much as you please, but I'm going to talk about you how? On my knees. Pray for people. And when you do wrong, admit that you're wrong. But they ain't going to trip Jesus up. They can try all they want to. This guy says, watch this, watch this. He, got, he, he shut the Sadducees up. He ain't about to shut me up. Watch this. Which is the most important commandment? In the law. He thought he was going to enter into a religious debate with Jesus. And people love religious debates. People love, people want, if you knew how many people come to my office and say, "Uh, I I, I disagree with what you said. Well, okay, well, let's sit down and talk about it. Uh, We're not going to debate about it. We're not going to argue about it. We're not going to fight about it. But I'll listen to your opinion. You listen to mine. As long as we both agree to love each other in spite of our difference. Can you do that? Can you love somebody in spite of their difference? See, these people weren't looking to love Jesus. They were looking to trap Jesus. And there's people in your life just like that today, and that's why you need to walk with humility that says, I ain't perfect. Because if you walk around with your nose stuck in, up in the air acting like because you're saved, that you're better than everybody else, they're going to catch you. They're going to find you. The Bible says that humility comes before honor. we got to learn how to walk humbly and admit that we have issues. Jesus didn't have any issues. They weren't going to catch Jesus, but they didn't understand who he was. I hope you know who he is. In verse 37, Jesus replied, you ask the question, here's the answer. You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Verse 38, he said, that is the first and great commandment. And in my mind, I hear, bam, drop the mic. 
Ask, ask Jesus what the, what's the greatest command. He wrote the commandments. You, you think you're sliding on this dude? That's like me asking you what your child's middle name is. Well, I'm going to trip him up. What? How am I going to trip you up? You name a child a 17-syllable name that they're still mad at you about. How did you come up with Sequoia? Was, was it a vehicle first or a name first? Oh, it was a tree. Well, praise God, it's pretty. I love it. I never heard anybody name their daughter that, but I like it. Uh, I, I can't trip him up about what he named his daughter. He knows. He was involved in the process. Jesus was involved in this. Yeah, man. Jesus involved in this process. And they say, what's the, what's the, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said, this is the greatest commandment. Love God. Say, love God. That's what it is. But put, put verse 37 back on the screen, Dick. He said, not just love God, but love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. It's not a casual love. It's not a daytime thing. It's not a nighttime thing. This is a 24-hour, seven-day-a-week thing. This, this is an all-in thing. This is a more than anybody else thing. This is with my thoughts my actions, my emotions, this is with everything I have, I love God more than anything else. This is the first and great commandment. Well, I, I, I was on my way to loving God, but a deacon, blah, 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 a pastor, that ain't God. If you don't make people your God, if you don't put people on a pedestal, when you find out people aren't perfect, you can realize God is still perfect, and he's the only one I was ever looking to to be perfect to begin with. So Jesus says this is what it is. Love God with all your heart, soul, all your mind. Look at verse 38. This is the first and great commandment. So the question is asked and answered. Snuck up on Jesus. Watch this. I'm going to trap him. He's going to say the wrong thing, and I'm going to throw a deeper commandment at him because he's going to say one of the ten, and I'm going to throw another one of the ten at him and, and, and try to arm wrestle him into some type of verbal confrontation. Jesus answers the question that's asked, but I love the Lord because he'll always give you more than you ask for. Look at verse 38. He said a second is equally important. Now, if I'm this Pharisee, I'm thinking, I ain't asked you about no second. I said, what's the first? But check this out. Jesus is letting these people know, I will answer your questions, but you're not in charge of me. I'll answer your questions, but I'm beyond you. I'll answer your questions, but I have more information than you can even contain. I'll answer your question to show you that I am who I say I am, but I'm even more than you think I am. Do you know who Jesus is? See, we say stuff because we heard other people say it. Oh, he's able, ain't he able? Mm, he's a good guy. Yeah, Lord. And we say all this stuff, but then when push comes to shove, oh, no, I'm going to make my light bill. Listen, people live without electricity for thousands of years. You keep, if your light get turned on, they're going to turn off my cable bill. I ain't going to be able to watch my show. Might be a lesson there from God. We freak out over stuff all the while saying he's a good God and he's able. 
able to do what? Let you keep quoting cliches that you don't feel in your heart? We got to get this thing down on the inside. We got to know who Jesus really is. We got to go past words and believe this deep in our heart. Jesus said, yeah, you didn't ask for the second one, but I'm a kind of God that will give you more than you asked for. He said, here's the second one, and it's just as important as the first one, that you love your neighbor as yourself. And this is where we come up with our church motto to love God and to love people. And because of the teaching of the Old Testament and the New Testament is all summarized here because he said in verse 40 that the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The entire law. Now, big Bible, lots of chapters, lots of words. He said the entire law and all the demands of the prophets are based on these two commandments. The law is everything that's been written about God. The prophets is everything that's been said about God. So Jesus said every real thing that's ever been written, every real thing that's ever been said about God is contained in these two verses. I'm I'm sweating. They're they're shivering. Turn that air off, Elder Jimmy. Uh, I'd rather me sweat and watch watch y'all be, be, you know, just look like y'all bones about to break. Jesus said, and I want you to get this more than thinking about how cold you are. Everything that's ever been written and everything that's ever been said of worth is based on these two commandments. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love your neighbor. Love God and love other people. Put verse 39 back on the screen. Love your neighbor as yourself. Okay, now some people have a problem loving themselves. You got to get your mind right and understand God created you. You got to get your mind right and understand that you're not some invaluable piece of nothing that nobody cares about. God has you on this earth for a reason. Can we agree on that? Okay, and we need to learn how to love our neighbor. Now, the first question, if we were looking at this on Wednesday night at Bundle Life University, the first question that we would ask ourselves as we dissect this phrase, love your neighbor as yourself, we want to know who is our what? We want to know who our neighbor is. I mean, you're talking about next door or two doors down. What are we talking about here? Is my neighbor the dude that lives beside me on the left and on the right? What about across the street? Is that my neighbor? What about around the corner? Is that my neighbor? Who is my neighbor? We need to figure that out because look at verse 40 again. Verse 40, Jesus tells them, everything is based on these two commandments. Hear this. All of Christianity is summarized in these two commandments. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love your neighbor as yourself. We looked at the Ten Commandments. Wednesday in class uh, as part of our teaching. You got those on the screen for me? Let, let's look at those. We look, these are the Ten Commandments. No other gods before me. No graven image. Don't take the name of God in vain. Remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Honor your father and mother. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't bear false witness. And don't covet. All right? If, if you didn't get the teaching on that Wednesday, you should have been in class. But all of these things, if you love God and you love people, you're not going to kill folk. You understand what I'm saying? If you love people, you're not going to steal from them. If you love God, you're not going to blaspheme him. You see, so if if you love God and you love your neighbor as yourself, then you're not going to violate any of these two commandments. If if you love God and you love people, you're going to have balance. Say balance. I talked Wednesday night 
about the need for balance in the Christians because most Christians don't have a balance, and that's why their lives are all jacked up. Most Christians don't have balance uh, between God and people, and that's why they're not happy on the inside. That's why coming to church is a burden to them. That's why coming to church doesn't give joy to them. That's why they don't read their Bible and say their prayers. That's why they don't follow God. That's why they don't pay tithes and pay offerings because their life is out of balance. God created you to function a certain way. It's just like your automobile. What if you decided, well, I don't believe putting oil in my car is the right way to go. Because, you know, I'm a fan of cane syrup. Not really me. I'm a maple syrup guy. But if you decided, I'm going to just replace that motor oil with some good old maple syrup. It tastes right. So I'm going to help your car. Who has the right information about what lubricates that engine? Your personal emotion or the person who built that car? The maker knows what it needs, and God is our maker. When you start saying, well, I think this will make me happier. Well, I think I should do this. You better consult the one that made you because the manufacturer knows what's supposed to happen. And if you don't have this balance, this balance between your, your vertical standing. See, four of these commandments deal with how we relate to God. Six of these commandments deal with how we relate to people. And it teaches us a vertical relationship between us and God must be maintained. But it also teaches us a horizontal relationship between us and each other must be maintained. See, some people are really strong focused on how much they love God, but they're critical, they're negative, and they're judgmental of other people. You're out of balance. You're not going to have real joy that way. You can be holy as you want to. You can be prophetic holiness all you want to. But if you're not kind and loving, then you're not balanced as the person God created you to be. The, so you, you got your vertical, but then you got your horizontal too. The other six commandments focus on the horizontal. That's why Jesus said these two, these two commandments cover up all the rest of them. Love God, love people. Because if you love people, if you have your horizontal relationships right, that's going to bring you into balance because you, if you got your vertical and your horizontal, that forms the cross. That's the symbol of real Christianity. So you got to have this vertical. Well, I love God more than anything else. But you mean it's the devil? Mm. You, you, you're out of whack. That's why you're not happy. That's why you're taking medication. That's why you're seeing counselors. That's, that's why you're on the verge of falling apart because you're not balanced. Well, maybe you just love people. You're just wonderful with people. You're just kind of, oh, salt of the earth, shirt off your back. All those sayings they say about people, that's you. But you don't pray. You don't serve. You don't pay tithes. You don't help the community do better. You know, we uh, once again, and I'm tell, telling our administrator this week, I don't even know if I should keep reporting it. When we first started saying it, everybody was so happy. But now people are like, oh, yeah, we know, Pastor Scott. Once again, yesterday, our, our, our church fed over 400 people through our food pantry yesterday just within two hours. So sweet. Aren't we just wonderful? 400 people stood in line for hours to get food because they were hungry, and we helped them. Five, six, seven hundred pieces of clothes going out of here every week. Like, oh, glory to God. That's, that, that, that is so sweet. No, we're loving people. We're changed. If, if you're not involved in loving people, then you can't be right. You, you can't be balanced. You can't run like a smooth engine because God created you to live in balance, to be right with him 
and to be right with people. If you find out which one of those you're sagging in and do better in it, you're going to find joy coming to your life, and you're going to realize, oh, wow, I see how all the law hangs on these two commandments. I just got to get right with God. I got to get right with people. I said we want to figure out the question to who your neighbor is. In Luke chapter 10, I'm not going to go there. I want to get you out of here early. In Luke chapter 10, Jesus gets asked the question, who is my neighbor? Because Jesus is going around telling everybody, everywhere he goes, telling people, got to love God, got to love people, got to love God, got to love people. Got to do unto others as you have done unto you. You got to love God, you got to love people. You got to love God with everything, and you got to love your neighbor as yourself. So somebody finally said, well, who's my neighbor? What do you mean? So in Luke chapter 10, Jesus tells the parable of the Good Samaritan. He tells a story about this man who gets jumped, mugged, left for dead, beaten, and a bunch of people come and look at him and walk the other way. We see that today. We have entire groups of people that don't care anything about social injustice. They just look the other way like it don't happen. Well, that was in the 50s and 60s. It's not going on. We have people that don't care anything about holiness. They just act like, well, everybody's doing it. I mean, we just have people look the other way. Jesus tells a story about this man beaten, left for dead. People come by, don't offer to help. Other people come by, don't offer to help. Other people come by, don't offer to help. One dude come by, helps him. Mends his wounds, puts him up in a place to stay, pays for his lodging, pays for his food, and shows him love. And Jesus said, because Jesus loved to ask questions too, he said, which one of these do you think was his neighbor? See, because if you study the parable of the Good Samaritan, you'll find out that one of the people that walked by was inside his ethnic group. But he just passed by and left dude bleeding. Another one of the people that walked by was in his religious group. And he just looked at him and walked by and didn't give him any help. And then a dude comes by that's not in his ethnic or his religious group, but is in his human being group. And he helped him. I can't get it because I've never been black, never wanted to be black. Comfortable in my skin. I am who I am. I don't, if, if you, you say, well, that's just pastor in the pulpit. Pastor in the pulpit is the same way pastor is watching the game at the house. Okay, I don't have. Turn with me now to St. John's Gospel, Chapter 5, as we consider the dynamic teaching. Those dudes need to be throat punched. <laughs> Fake voice. No, I, 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 I'm, the, I'm the same guy I am all the time, but I've never been or never wanted to be other than what I am, so I, I, I don't have this hook a brother up mindset. Y'all know what I'm talking about, some of y'all. White people are like, what did he say? <laughs> hooker, hooker, what's hooker? I used to say, for whatever reason, uh, talking about, you know, you need to get your theology from the Bible. Not just what pastor says. Don't be living off what uh, mom and them said. I had, I had an old, older white lady come and say, Pastor, who is in them? So what do you mean in them? I don't know in them. She said, no, you talk a lot about mama in them. Mama and 
them. That's just me being me. That's not me trying, trying to be something else. But I've never had uh, the minority viewpoint. And I've seen it, not just in African-Americans, but in other minority groups that come here. We had some Australians come here on a visa and worked as volunteered in our church as missionaries. They came for some training, um, and they worked for me for a year. And they had a very, I mean, minority viewpoint. That every time an Australian did something in the news, Pastor Scott, did you hear? An Australian finished 17th in the swimming contest yesterday. I'm like, well, I bet an American finished 1 through 16. What are we talking about here? But everything from them, they always saw from the minority position. So it was, to them, an Australian person was really, really honestly their people. And they had a my people concept. There are people in this room with a my people. That's my people. I got to look out for my people. We, we got people in this room that are Black Lives Matters above every other life matters. And I understand the need for Black Lives Matters, but I also understand that everybody should be valued the same. So we see Jesus teaching in this Good Samaritan parable in Luke 10 that our neighbor is not our ethnic group. Some of y'all need to work that out. Some of y'all see two people in a room. One of them gets, and the other one gets. You know, my, me and my kids are professional people watchers. We eat out every single night of the week because I don't cook. We eat out every single night of the week. So we watch people. And you watch people if Somebody looks like Deacon West is walking through a restaurant and they walk past somebody looks like Mr. C. Raise your hand, Mr. C. <laughs> Typically, when this man walks past this man, anybody know what goes down? At least head up. There's a difference between and that's a big difference. You said a whole lot right there. But if somebody that looks like this man in a restaurant walks past, raise your hand, Uncle Ken, walk past this man, does he get a head nod, fist bump, chest pound, what's up, how's it going, my brother, good to see one of us coming up, none of that. Are we being real? Affinity of ethnicity. Now, that's, that's been forced in this country, and I understand that. That, that that's, that's not just built off nothing. That's built off something. That's built off, I feel safe because there's one of us in here. You, you want to watch it funny. If you're white, go to the firehouse subs on Cassett Avenue across the street from the bowling alley. Owned by blacks, worked by blacks, only visited by blacks. I sit in there just to mess with folks. I go in there by myself, God, heaven, truth. Do it if you, well, you can't do it if you're black, but if you're white, if you know a white person, take them with you. I sit in there just to watch people. God is my witness. Person after person after person. Last time I was there, I saw three. Open the door. Didn't even cross the threshold. Because everybody behind the counter and everybody sitting down was black except one dude, white dude over in the corner watching everybody. 
Wasn't none of us in there. See, white people don't get that experience much. But firehouse subs on Cassett Avenue, I promise you, you can get that experience. You want to learn what it's like to be the only one? Do that. But affinity based on ethnicity may be culturally acceptable in 2017 in America, but it's not God's plan for your life. Affinity based off religious preference may be how folk act, but it's not God's plan. Affinity based on humanity is God's plan. Love people not just because they're my people. That's, that's my people over there. Let, let, me, let me go. Hey, that's a, and, and, and here's how people always phrase it, or at least how I hear it. Oh, that's a good-looking good young African-American couple. Let me go see what's up with them. What about the good-looking little Asian couple over there? Young? Well, they ain't my people. How do you know? Because that good-looking African-American people might be Taliban in disguise. They might be radicalized by Islam. The Asian people over there might be saved, sanctified, fire, baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. And changing their community for Christ. Now, who really is your people? And so Jesus said, who was the neighbor to that man who got beat up? Was it his people? Mm -mm. Was it his religious section? No. It was just another human being showing love for a human being. Can you do that? If you can do that, you got it half done. If you can do that, you got it half done. Now, I get it. I mean, I don't get it, but I, I accept it. You know, me and Deacon West, and we've been in many places. We've traveled. We've flown on planes together, uh, been thrown off planes together. <laughs> Hang out with me. It's a trip. Kicked out of gyms together. Um, I get it. We walked through a restaurant. There's going to be people that are more naturally drawn to, you know, sub. Look at me. Like, well, he's walking in here with him for. Oh, you're supposed to be his lackey what? You, you the bodyguard? That's why he's got a gun on him, fool. Yes. But no, he's just my friend. I get, I don't get it, but I accept the fact that some people are going to stay stuck in that. Affinity based off ethnicity. But it's damaging our community. Now, the one group I believe is reacting to the other group. The one group I believe is reacting to the other group. I believe the majority group puts so, so much um, undue and unjust pain on the minority group that the minority group had to form consensus, stability, and, and collaboration. Are y'all following this? Y'all not even follow half y'all asleep, and I'm telling y'all something. I get all that. I understand the history of America. I, 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 I study and have taught about personalities and the structure of this country in college I get all that but in 2017 if you're going to be a Christian you're going to have to love people just for people that's why I love Minister Jeff's shirt be fam uh, brothers from another mother we, we have different mothers but we have the same father and, and we need to find out who our people is. Jesus taught who your neighbor is. Your neighbor is anybody you see. They're in a need. Well, ain't, ain't my people. That white dude die, bleed out. Well, we don't know him. Let that, let that black dude just bleed. I don't know him. Who is he to me? Probably a drug dealer anyhow. 
<laughs> I still hear people saying in 2017, how'd they get the money to eat in here? Well, maybe they own the place, man. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe they're a neurosurgeon and, you know, just sponsored the whole. But I, I, I see all these traps that the devil is trying to keep us stuck in. Will you love human beings for humanity's sake? Or will you stay stuck in the trap of the devil and just never understand who your neighbor is? In 1 John chapter 4, verse 20, the Bible says, If someone says, I love God, but hates a Christian brother or sister, that person's a liar. For if we don't love people we can see, how can we love a God whom we cannot see? Too many people claim to love God, but don't love people. You have not seen God. I don't care what your vision told you. You did not see God because the Bible says nobody has seen God, including you and Oral Roberts on the bedside with a 70-foot-tall Jesus by his bed. That was just hot sauce and death coming, okay? Nobody has seen God, but we all have seen people. And if you live long enough and meet enough people, you'll find somebody who claims to love God but is mean. They're not balanced. Something's wrong with them. you got to love people, not just my people, all people, not just saved people, all people, not just people in your church, all people, not just people that look like you, all people. Why? Because the Bible says that if you don't love the people that you see, then you don't really love the God that you haven't seen. So who is my neighbor? Everybody I see. Everybody I see. Not left and right door. Sure, that's my geographical neighbor, but you're my neighbor too. I don't live on Georgetown or Kivlin or Firestone. <laughs> when we started this church over here, when we moved into this building, my kids were like, Dad, we should move over here. We better minister living inside the community. Then I said, well, let's look at Jeff Davis real quick and see how fast y'all might get, you know, jumped. How many, how many kids going to Jeff Davis right now? You been jumped yet? We're praying for you. Y'all pray for Alex. Uh, we, had, we had a member, uh, African-American family. Their, their, their son went to Jeff Davis for one day. They took the shoes off his feet. There, yeah. Mr. C was a police officer, knows all the police officers in this community. We're in a community with needs. And then when I showed him, well, I, I don't really know if I need to take you out of your A-rated school and put you in this F-rated school. I don't live on Georgetown or Firestone, but everybody that does is my neighbor. I don't have to live on Kivler to minister on Kivler if I understand everybody on Kivler is my neighbor. I don't have to live on 103rd Street to minister to people on 103rd Street if I understand everybody on 103rd Street is my neighbor. I don't have to know what anybody in the car next to me on Blanding Boulevard. Some dude comes up shaking my rearview mirror. Listen, all that loud bass, it sounds like rattle box. You ain't impressing anybody. But I don't have to know who's singing the song on the guy on my left. Do 
Not really sure which part of the top 20 that is. Dude in a truck so high, all I can see is the undercarriage sitting next to me. Ding, 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 bang, bing, 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 bang. Not really sure what part of the bottom 30 that is. But why don't I have to love this man and this man? This dude in a 64 Impala. <laughs> this dude wearing me out with country music. Tobacco spit running down the side of his door. Do we have to love this man? Is he my neighbor? I see him. How do I walk by him? Because I'm not fulfilling the law of God. I am not loving people. Now, will unbalance my heart because the manufacturer knows what I need. And I need to be right with God. But I need to be right with people. Not just my ethnic group, not just my religious group, but people. Division of races. How do you know what you are? How do you know? We are all blended. I mean, it, we all got everything in us. Except some of them Middle Eastern folk, they don't cross-pollinate. That's why they can't win the Olympics, but that's a different speech. Love God, love people. Last verse in Genesis 4-9. Listen to what this says, and this is what I build my, a big part of my life on. We got Genesis 4-9? That ain't in my notes? And the Lord said unto Cain, where is Abel, thy brother? And he said, I know not. Am I my brother's keeper? I was telling my kids on the way in this morning, thinking about this message, rehearsing it in my spirit. And I said, you know, I hate to quote movies from the pulpit because I've told people, don't get your theology from movies, fairy tales, nursery rhyme, Christmas stories. But I saw a movie in the 80s called New Jack City. And the unifying rallying cry for this group of people was first half and the second half. And the first half was, am I my brother's keeper? And the, ra and the, and the, and the follow-up was three words. Yes, I Am. Not because New Jack City said it, but because the Bible says it. I, if you believe you can live up to this creed, I just want to ask you for three words today to answer my question. For you, not just for me, but for you too. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. See somebody in need, love them. I don't know them. They don't know you either, but I bet if you had a, a car parked on your head and it was on fire, you want somebody to drag you out. See, at that point, you don't care if they're white or black. You don't care if they're Muslim or Christian. You don't care if they're Democrat or Republican. 
They pull your baby out of a burning house. You don't care when that fireman takes his helmet off and you see what color his skin is. That don't mean nothing to you. That's just somebody that helped you. And this is where we need to get to. Love God. That's the easy part. It really is. I could, if, if I could stay in my room, if I, if I could stay in my office, if I could go live in a monastery, and all I had to do was pray and read my Bible. That's so, that'd be perfect for me. That, some of y'all that way, I mean, I'd just live in a cave, me and God, just a little bowl of cereal, some fresh milk, and Lucky Charms, I'm down. If you don't eat Lucky Charms, you're missing out. And if you eat Lucky Charms without saving the marshmallows till the end, I want to counsel you. It's a way to eat Lucky Charms. That's the easy part. The loving God part. Our heart longs to love God if we're saved. We want to do better. We want to be the man, the woman God created us to be if we're saved. It's this piece. Because they ain't, they ain't none of me. I know them people. They probably do, do me harm. They don't love me. Why should I love them? Because I am my brother's keeper. It's easy for minority races to develop a, I am my brother's keeper. Because the mindset is if we don't look out for each other, they're going to run us over. The mindset is not a lot of us. So we've got to band together. That's that's the that that's the that's the trigger psychologically that creates the impetus for that type of behavior. Okay. There's less Christians, real Christians in this community than there is of any racial faction. How can we not understand if we don't stick together? They're gonna run us over. If we don't stick together as believers, if we don't set our differences aside and say, I am my brother's keeper. If we don't set our differences aside and say, I'm not just going to talk about loving God. I'm going to love everybody I see. We'll change the world. We will change the world by loving each other. Because Jesus said, this is how they'll know that you love me when they see you loving each other. It's not talk that's going to change the world. It's love lived out that's going to change the world. So here's your assignment. Love God this week with everything you got. Say your prayers. Read your Bible. Serve God. Put him first in everything. Just concentrate on your vertical relationship with God. And love everybody that comes in your path. Love them like they're your brother. Love them like no other. Love them with everything that you have. Love them just for love's sake. Love them for humanity's sake. And watch God begin to bring balance into your life. Pep in your step. Clarity in your mind. And joy on the inside that nothing else can bring. Pray with me. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for loving us and teaching us to love you. God, I pray that you'd help us to love each other. Lord, I pray that you would use this church to change this community for your glory, God. And I pray that you would help us to do what you've called us to do. Lord, I see so many people whose lives are out of balance. Help me to live in balance, God. Loving you and loving people. Help us all, God, to love each other. 
because you've told us to. And we want to honor you. Thank you, God, for all that you do for us. We love you, and we give you our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the AOCF Sound Doctrine Podcast. And visit us on the web at aocfnow.org. Your financial support for this ministry allows us to share the gospel around the world. Your support is greatly appreciated. If you would like to give a donation, please go to aocfnow.org. Abundant Life Christian Fellowship Church. Loving God, loving people.